brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You can advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com.
The views, opinions, and representations expressed on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network and its website are those of the hosts, guests, and participants, and are not necessarily those of or endorsed by the network, its affiliated stations and broadcasts, the management, other hosts, or advertisers of the network. The shows found on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network can, but do not necessarily, promote any particular lifestyle, belief, religion, political affiliation, or other personal practice. These shows are for entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to treat, diagnose, and or claim any cure of disease or condition, or give any medical or legal advice. You're listening to my friend Gary Anderson on My Dreams Talk Radio, the best in paranormal radio. Well, John Cleese, I can't say is the best, but we try our best. Hey, we're back on the air after a week being off. We had two and a half feet of snow here at the compound at the harbor. You know, this time uh, it is like childhood days. I haven't seen snow like this since I was a kid. Now I'm 67, so you can get an idea how many years it's been. Where I live at the compound, maybe like every other year we might get a little bit of snow, maybe like one or two inches, but two and a half feet? Well, what did it do? Well, it lost our internet. It lost our satellite backup with a tree falling on the roof. Ah, And we still can't get the cars out of our our mini uh, farm here because at the compound, we still have almost two feet of snow in our driveway. Ah, Earth changes. Speaking about earth changes, what really has got me concerned, everybody is so concerned about, well, UFO disclosure or the wall uh, with Trump. But we need to really take a look at what's going on with earth changes. You know, between Antarctica and Greenland, all that stuff, the amount of uh, ice that is melting is going to be outstandingly, it's going to destroy our life as we know it. Not in 40 or 50 or 100 years. Now they're even talking maybe 20 years. Who knows? Maybe it could be 10 years. But the sea level just from uh, Antarctica is going to raise, well, up about four feet with the melting. Now you take the other, you're talking about another four to six feet. Now what's that going to happen? Well, I can tell you what's going to happen if you own beachfront property on the East Coast. Uh, Well, buy yourself something you can live on like a... Uh, a boat or something, because I tell you, you know, Florida, all that stuff is going to be underwater. Now, you can sit there and say, oh, that's not going to happen. Well, you know, we brought all this on ourselves. Yeah, come on. It's time we realized, you know, for the last hundred years, all the pollution we have done, you know, it, it, we're paying for it now. Not so much us, our children and their children, your grandkids. We're all going to have to pay the price of what we have done to this planet. You know, like bees, they were for years are saying bees were dying off. Well, maybe it's the poisons that they use to insecticides to kill off other bugs. Well, right now, insects are dying off in huge numbers, not just bees. A lot of it I was reading is due to the magnetic field is moving faster and faster to the point that they have to constantly now upgrade the GPS systems for their planes, for your satellite, for your cell phone on a daily basis. That's how fast it's moving. That is scary. And nobody will know, knows really what's going to happen when it flips. I don't know. The scientists can only speculate. Now, getting into disclosures about UFOs and 
aliens. I mean, right now, it's a frenzy out there. Everybody trying to write a book, trying to make some money real quick, uh, disclosures, because they're so positive. The government's going to come out and say, yes, there is UFOs. And yes, we've been, you know, working with them and sharing technology and maybe even sharing human lives for that technology. You think that's going to actually happen anytime soon? I don't think so. But I really do feel that there's a lot of disinformation hitting the uh, internet more than ever because everybody kind of just jumps in like a frenzy. You know, I was talking to a guy here yesterday on the phone that wants to come on the show. He insists that the moon is hollow. It's nothing more than a hollow spear. Well, you know, it, it reminds me of somebody I, I, I talked to. It says that the earth is flat, that there's no proof that the earth is round. Well, I tell you, maybe you don't fly on an airplane uh, very much because if you get up high enough and you look, you can see the curvature of the earth. Now, if it was flat, you wouldn't see that curvature, would you? And you still can't even explain to me how the oceans stay put and not just kind of go off to wherever. So I don't know. There's a lot of whatever out there, disinformation going on big time. Well, I hope everybody is going to have a great weekend. I, I know I am. I am hosting a couple, not hosting, but board operating a couple shows on our network this weekend. Hey, right after this commercial, we got Alan Wright on. He's going to be talking about his book, Ghost Stories Among Friends. He's going to be talking about ghost stories. He's going to talk about, you know, what it's like to be an empath, a medium, almost all his entire life. He'll be on right after this. You can advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. Well, Alan, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing just fine, Gary. How are you doing? I am doing really good. It feels good to get behind the... The microphone, you know, for the past week, I have had absolutely no internet. Uh, my satellite backup system was crushed when a tree went on the roof, and that took that out, so I couldn't even do the show for the satellite. Uh, no TV, and you know, and you know, all the movies. Oh my, my god! All the uh, mo movies that my wife has. I'll be honest with you, I couldn't sit down and watch five minutes of them. So I mean, I, uh, you talk about cabin fever. I mean, it's you know, I think I've read more. Uh, you know, ghost stories and paranormal stories this past week, and I have my whole entire life. Really? Well, read my book, and then you can read some more. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, tell us, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself there, Alan. Uh, well, I was born and raised in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I was born in 1949, so I'm kind of old. <laughs> um, I... Uh, I was born with abilities that I inherited from my uh, great-grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother. Uh, they were kind of, I used to think of my mother as a, a little gypsy girl because she was small, about five foot, and she could uh, tell, tell and sense when things was going to happen to the family, to someone in the family or whatever. And uh, anyway, I inherited the, those abilities. And as I get older, those abilities uh, became stronger and stronger. Uh, I'm now a spiritual medium. Uh, I'm an empath, a sensitive. I'm also a healer. Uh, I've healed or performed healings on 
oh, uh, hundreds of people in my lifetime. And uh, so uh, that's that's about it. I, we moved up here to Utah now. Uh, we live in Utah. Been up here for about five years. You were talking about a couple feet of snow on the ground. In the last week, week and a half, we've had about a foot and a half uh, here also. So we're, we're supposed to get another storm tonight. So I don't know. <laughs> I might be sitting there watching the TV when it goes out, too. I don't know. You know, it's really funny, Alan. You know where I live? I live in Gig live in Gig Harbor, Washington. And last year, it was in March. In the middle of March, for no reason, we had a 91 uh, degree uh, temperature day. Normally, we're uh-huh. like in the 40s. All of a sudden, out of the blue, we hit 91 in March. Yeah. Never happens. Never yeah. has ever happened. I don't know if it's going to happen again, but it is some strange things going on out there with the weather. Yeah, hi. You know, as I told you, my abilities are getting stronger and stronger. When I went and saw my grandfather in that astral projection that I was talking about earlier, I, uh, I, I was told things and showed things by not only him and my ancestors, but also by, uh, I hate to call them aliens or extraterrestrials, because basically they're, they're just like us, but they're, they don't live on this earth. They're from other worlds. But anyway, I was shown some things, and I was told then that the earth was going to come to an end uh, within my lifetime, and this was back in 1983. I'm 70 years old now, so when you said probably in about 20 years, that's what I'm looking at right now, too. Uh, they told me all kinds of things. The melting of the ice of the uh, of the glaciers and stuff at the poles, uh, I, I they told me that. They told me uh, about the... Uh, uh, the poles flipping. Uh, they they told me that there's going to be uh, very severe uh, weather patterns, and and we're going to get rain and snow in places where it's desert now, and so on and so forth. They also told me that there's going to be uh, public demonstrations, and very severe public des- uh, demonstrations, and all the. Uh, major cities uh, in the world. Um, <laughs> they told me so much. Well, you know, when I went on that astral projection, I thought I was only there for seven or eight hours because they brought me back to my bed uh, about the space of eight hours. But as I got older, uh, I didn't remember everything when I was first brought back. But I was, uh, as I got older, I got little bits and pieces of information and knowledge about what happened on that astral projection. And I don't think, I think they realized if they fed it to me all at one time back in 1983, I probably wouldn't have believed it. I probably would have thought I was, uh, I was crazy. And uh, uh, it was a good thing that they only gave me a little bit at a time. So uh, I'm glad they did that because what I just told you, I could not tell. I I just could not tell anybody up until now. 
but I'm getting older now. I'm 70 years old, and I I feel like I have to tell about what's going on. Uh, we're heading into, I was also tell, told that it's too late now. And this was caused by mankind, what we're going through right now, and it's too late. We can't turn back. All we can do is hold on for the ride because that's what's going to be like. Uh, the earth, being a medium, a spiritual medium like myself, I feel that the uh, veil is becoming thinner and it's becoming closer, if you know what I mean. I do. Now, I, I was told that everything on this earth, every living thing on this earth, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers has a spirit. And I was told that this earth has a spirit. And that everything that has a spirit on this earth also has a, a lifespan. Now, because of that lifespan, we, we, we are set to die at a certain time. And the earth is the same way. It's the veil's becoming thinner and is coming closer, which is telling me that we're getting near to the death of the earth. Now, when that happens, there will not be any veil. The veil's going to be gone. So whatever was behind that veil, all that nastiness, uh, demons, and whatever else was back, that's back there will be let loose. Now, what happens to us when the earth dies, I don't know. They didn't tell me that. At least they haven't told me that yet. But it, hopefully we will not be on this earth when that veil uh, is gone because you wouldn't want to be there. Um, I was told more of a spiritual type thing about the uh, what I called heaven. Yeah, I'm sure it's not heaven. Uh, I learned that there's different levels of heaven, but it pr would probably be more like dimensions if you're more into science. Uh, so there'd be, you know, I saw at least nine levels of heaven. Uh, on the other side, on hell, when I <laughs> unfortunately went there a couple of years ago, I saw at least three levels of hell. 
But uh, uh, <laughs> all this that I've been telling you right now is going to happen. You can write it down and I'll sign the paper that I said it because it's going to happen. I only said the things that I was showing and what was told to me when I went and saw my grandfather when he passed away in 82 and I went on that astral projection in 1983. Well, Alan, um, well, Alan, you know, yeah. a lot of people don't realize, you know, when we, you were talking about Antarctica and I was talking about it before the show, you know, when more water keeps melting or the fresh water enters the ocean, besides raising the ocean, you know, that little belt between the equator and it runs all the way up to the UK and Europe and all that stuff. That that warm belt of water is going to cease. And when that happens, I hate to say it, it's going to push, at least I think, and from what I've read, it's going to push all of Europe into an ice stage. You know, back in the 1900s, yeah. Russia went through a mini ice uh, stage where people died, froze to death in their houses, even with their fireplace going, because they couldn't get generate yeah. enough heat. And that yeah. is so scary. If that happens, we know then the timing, you know, is not going to be around. Well, we're not going to be around much more. Uh, we don't even yeah. know what's going to happen when the poles flip. We don't know. I mean, some people speculate there's going to be huge winds of a couple hundred miles an hour sweeping the earth uh, and cleansing the earth. You know, we can't keep robbing the earth of its blood. What I'm talking about blood is oil, exactly. is is the, the blood of the earth. And what we're doing yeah. is we're taking its uh, blood, right? And we're using it to pollute the, the, the our, our uh you know, our air, our atmosphere. And not just that, after they're done pumping it in, they, they figure, okay, now we're going to pump water in. And then a few years later, a lot of these oil fields, right, start in towns near the oil uh, fields, all of a sudden start developing sinkholes and all this weird stuff is developing. Well, you can't just take out the blood and put water in and expect it, you know, to do the same thing. Exactly. Well, like I was like I said, they told me that mankind is responsible for what's happening to the earth right now. And it's too late for us. We can't reverse it. What's happening is going to keep happening until it's done with. And I was also told, I didn't say this earlier, but I was also told because of all the civil unrest and stuff that's going to be taking place here shortly, there's going to be a war uh, world War. Now, I, they didn't tell me who was going to be involved in this war, but I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to figure out the main parties that's going to be involved in this. Uh, you know, uh, China, Russia, and the United States, if they even get in a little skirmish, uh, then their allies are probably going to have to join in, and it's going to be a world war. And uh, I did not like what I saw. Uh, and it's just right after this war that uh, things come to a bitter end. Um, I don't know how else to put it. Um, now, like I said, I'm 70. I put it at a 30-year range. But I'm more with you when you said 20 years. Uh, because I might live to be 90 but I don't know. I might only live to be 80. I feel kind of young myself right now, but 
you know, um, but anyway, they said it was going to happen during my lifetime. And uh, I know they, they they don't tell lies. They told me the way it was. And uh, everything that they've told me so far has happened. Well, that is so uh, scary, too, you know, to, to think about that. Because you know what? We're this trade terror thing that our president's doing, you know, I voted for Trump. I, I don't know if I made the right decision or not, to be honest with you. And I don't want to, I don't want to get political, but you know, we're setting uh-huh. ourselves up to have a war with China. Uh, you know, they, they it's, it's like, you know, we're trying to, how could, we're trying to influence the whole world. We always have with our democracy. Uh, how we think. Well, you know, other countries don't think the same way we do. So, you know, we're sitting there sending our ships going past their man-made island. We're doing things constantly to provoke them, to show, hey, we are a superpower. And that's what we're doing. We're slapping them in the face. Well, you know what? One of these days, somebody's going to get pissed off, and pardon my language, and push a button and then all of a sudden, things are going to escalate really fast. So I, I don't think we have to worry about North Korea so much. We have to worry about, you know, what's going on with Russia, China, and the United States. And and I don't like the way we're going, because I will say one thing I, I mentioned last week on my show. Okay, we're talking about, you're talking about maybe in your lifetime, my lifetime, maybe whatever's going to happen might happen. But you know what? We're so interested in trying to build a wall right now. When we have a grid system, all it would take is one major solar flare to hit it, and we would be out of electricity for a couple of years. I know what it's like to go one week without no electricity off and on, let alone not having no internet to even watch TV or even do my show. So how you think people are going to, you know how many people would die if we lost our grid system? The, the first week alone, all the people in the hospitals, they only have so much fuel to run the generators in the hospitals. They're not going to be able to deliver more fuel because they can't pump it. They won't be able to make it. What's going to happen? Society will start falling apart really fast. Well, that solar flare that you mentioned is going to be one of those nasty things that happen. And it's going to happen just around the same time uh, of this war, um, uh, <laughs> it's gonna—it's basically gonna cook the earth, the uh, you know the surface of the earth anyway. Um, I hope if it happens during my lifetime that I'm someplace underground. <laughs> Well, you need to be a politician, Alan. You need to go into politics real fast, and then you can go into one of these huge underground cities. Yeah, really, you know. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I'm too old for that. (laughs) Well, Um, by the way, I voted for Trump, too. But, you know, he's got a lot of good things, uh, ideas, you know. But uh, I I don't know. Like you said, uh, uh, I don't think he knows how to express himself. He. He likes to piss people off. I I, I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) we did it. We made a lot of, as voters, we made a lot of mistakes during, (laughs) in the 80s. It was, you know, uh, the one uh, peanut farmer there. (laughs) We made a lot of them, but, you know, I, I think our mistakes are getting worse as we move on here. 
I think so. But if the world comes to end, I hope it, I hope it's after I watched a good horror movie on TV and went to bed and yeah. and sound asleep snoring. For I I don't I don't yeah, uh, hear it. <laughs> Take an extra dose of uh, uh, something. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. But, well, maybe I, maybe I don't drink, but maybe I'll start in the day it happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can drink if I want, but I don't, you know. I'll go buy a 12-pack of beer, and it will last me six months, you know. I'm just really not big into drinking alcohol or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I might start drinking it a little bit heavier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, but, so we we already got the listeners already, some of them panicking. They're already packing their clothes, right, and their suitcase, yeah. trying to figure out really? where they're going to go to. Well, I don't think there's any place on this earth you're going to be able to go to. You might buy a little no, bit I, of time. I, I I think the the only thing, it, honestly, it would buy this planet more time is if all of a sudden, all of a sudden we started, you know, uh, dumping less pollution in the air uh, making it mandatory where cars could only be driven every other day, you know, like they did back in the, was it seventies or something when they had the gas shortage and where you yeah. had odd and even license plate, a license plate that help yeah. try to cut the uh, pollution down. Yeah. But yeah, you, I've been there and done that, <laughs> but it might give us a few more well, extra years that way. I don't know. Well, that's, that's all you're going to do is just prolong whatever's going to happen. Like I said, uh, it's over and done with as far as saving the earth. It's, you know, we did it, now it's too late. So uh, all we can do is, like you said, do things to prolong it. Uh, but uh, I don't know what we can do to save it at this point. I don't think there's anything that we can do to save the earth. It's over and done with. I don't want to scare any of your viewers or anything. You know, what I saw is what I saw. And what I was told is what I told, was told to me. And there's no need to get afraid or scared or go and make a run on the grocery stores and stuff because, uh, you know, the best thing would be um, gather around your families and stuff and, and uh, you know, be with your families and, and uh, love your families and share that love, you know. Stop the bickering and fighting and stuff like that, and and uh, make peace. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was there with my grandfather, and like I told you before the program, program, I I was raised Christian. I was raised as a Baptist, and uh, when I went to see him, I was thinking, you know, they, that would probably be a major thing. But uh, religion to them, they uh, it's no big deal. They, the big deal for them is love. Uh, do you, do you love your family? Do you love your next door neighbor? Do you love the people of the world? Do you love the earth? That was what they were asking me. They couldn't care less about religion. They never asked me once what church I went to, or what religion I was a part of. Now they told me that if your religion teaches love, then good, that's fine, you know. They don't want to tear up a religion or anything like that. They want to promote love, and that's what it's about. And, uh, you know, like Mother Teresa is a perfect example of how 
uh, Christianity should be. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount was preaching love. Uh, he didn't preach religion, and that's what we need to do. We, we need to get above this uh, uh, religion. And, oh, one other thing I was told, if religion teaches something other than love in order to get to heaven, it's all smoke and mirrors. Now, that's what I was told. If you have to do something special besides love to get to heaven, then it's it's not right. It's all smoke and mirrors. And uh, so if you're worried about going to heaven, if you're worried about that type of stuff, just Start loving, you know, create a loving atmosphere for your family, for your next-door neighbor, and just uh, that will get you to heaven better than going to church every Sunday. Well, um, you know what a lot of people don't realize? You know, let's say you get in a fight with your wife or you get in a fight with your son or whoever, right? And you tell them, hey, drop dead, right? And you storm out of the house. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, the next day you come home and you get a phone call. Hey, your son was this involved in a car accident. He was killed. I mean, you, you can never take those bad, you know, uh, what you said ever back. It's going to be with you to the yep. day you die and maybe beyond. Exactly. Exactly. Um, one of the biggest things that really hurts a family and an individual yourself is negativity. If you can get the negativity out of your life, you can actually change your life. Uh, try it for a month. Get the negative things out of your life. Now, we're all human beings. There's going to be negative thing, things that we have to deal with. But try to get most of the negativity out of your life. Uh, do away with the cussing and swearing and calling people names. Uh, you know... Get the negativity out of your life, and I guarantee you, within a month, you'd be a changed person. You'll be able to notice that change. Your wife or husband would be able to notice that change. Um, I swear, if you're negative, that negative energy is just going to eat up the good energy, uh, the, the the energy that we should be having, the good energy. It's got to be ate up by this negativity and it's not good no and then it's you know you can it spreads alan because if you're negative right if you're negative around your whole family right what's going to happen 
they're going to feel negative. And, and then it just then keeps spreading on. If you're positive, even if something is going bad in your life, you got to think of all the positive things in your life. You know, if you just, if, if you're always negative on something, you know, it, 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 it eats on not just you, it eats on others. And, and it, you know, also destroys part of their life. Really? You know, if you're negative enough, if, if you're so negative in your house, you you can actually create a, a poltergeist-type entity that feeds off of that negativity. And that's all it eats. And it, it's a <laughs> entity. It's there in your house. And you have to deal with it like you would have to deal with a ghost or something. And it's it's not good. Negativity is really bad, really bad. And uh, if you can get rid of it, hey, you'll be doing yourself a world of good. Oh, um, yeah. You, 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 you couldn't say it any better than that. I mean, you know. I, I, you know, it just, everybody has their up and, and downs in life, you know, like, you know, I, I have yeah. bone cancer and it kind of gone in remission and now it has done a lot of damage to one of my legs where it, it still hurts to walk. But, you know, I, years ago, seven years ago, they told me I was going to have to have my leg amputated or I was going to die. Well, you know, I, yeah. I, I have to say, I, I got one fetish in my life and that's riding my Harley motorcycle. And I'm going, well, yeah. no, I'm not going to have my leg cut off. Uh, you know, and then, you know, recently I found out it's in remission. Yay. You have to be really careful yeah. because the bones are weak. But you know what? I, 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 I watch people come and go in my life. When I mean go, die. Because you know what? They get an illness. And the first thing they do is they think negative. They go sit in their living room chair, right, or lay in bed, and they just die. I, you know, when I found yeah. out I had my, my problem, you know what I did? I didn't, I said, Hey, to my wife, I said, and my kids, I have eight children. They're all adults. I said, I don't want any negativity in the house about it. I don't want Hey, dad. Yeah. I, I, I feel sorry for you. Is there's, I, I, I want you to treat me like you always treated me. And my wife That's has been it. really good at that. And you know what? With it, it kept me positive and being positive. Yeah. I think that's what helped me. And I just, like I said, I've yeah. seen so many people, the first thing they, oh, they got cancer, or they got this, they just give up and they die. Yeah. Well, I used to ride bikes too. I, I wasn't lucky enough to get a Harley Davidson, but I did get a Yamaha Royal Star, one of those four-cylinder, you know, things. And it was great. I loved it. It'd be worth <laughs> I, a lot of I money now. I on the highway and put it on cruise control. And had it. Well, I had put uh, at a hundred miles an hour and it just cruised right along. <laughs> yeah. You should have kept it. You've been, you've been, would have been wealthy off oh. of it. Oh yeah. I should have, but, uh, I'm too old for bikes now. Hey, don't but say yeah, that. Anyway. Okay. You, you're only That's what? Negativity. Negativity. Yeah. Please. Negativity. You're <laughs> only a couple years older than me. You trying to tell me I'm too old for my Harley. Come on. I get on that no, sucker. No. And you know what? I feel like I'm part of the earth. I feel a part of the road. I feel like I'm part of everything because I'm not confined really? in the car. And it just makes me feel part of nature. And you know what? I can have the but biggest yeah. problem in the world. I get on my motorcycle. I start it up. I get on the road. You know what? I feel like I'm part of of God's uh, creatures. That's how I feel. Exactly. But see how negativity creeps 
creeps into your life like that. Just one little phrase like that. I'm too old, you know. There it is. There's that negativity right there. It's raising its ugly head up, you know. Um, <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, you know, back I, I, about, a, about a year ago, Alan, I was at a local store gas station that's down by where I live. And I was down there on my yeah. motorcycle and I, you know, put gas in it. And I was coming out of the store with stuff I shouldn't be having, like Coca-Cola, bad for you. And uh, I, this guy is pumping gas in his car and he's like maybe two years younger than me. And he's looking at my bike and he goes, God, I love your bike. It's so sexy. And he goes, I always wanted to ride a motorcycle. And I, I said, then why don't you do it? He goes, well, I'm, I'm 65 years old. I go, you're a kid, you know? And he goes, no, I'm too old. I said, you're not too old to get a motorcycle at 65 years old. I, I know, believe it or not, I know somebody I met up in Virginia City a couple years ago uh, that works in there in the summer. That the guy is in his mid eighties, and guess what? He rides a Harley. Yeah, he rides it from yeah. Reno every morning to Virginia City uh, for his job and back in his mid eighties riding. Oh, come on! Yeah. You're only old as you feel. If you, that's the problem yeah. with people, they they get yeah, a certain age sure. and they feel like I'm too old for this. And you know what? They die. I watched my grandfather just shrivel up and die. Because, you know, when he, as soon as he retired, he, he went on his easy chair, started reading books about World War II, and never got out of the chair except to eat and go to the bathroom. Oh, wow. World War II, too. That's kind of negative, too. <laughs> yeah, well, it is. But, of course, he was in World War II. So it, 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 yeah, he, really? he, but he couldn't get out of World War II. That, that was the bad thing. Yeah. So, For me, it was Vietnam, but... Uh, Join the uh, crowd, down and, Yeah, really. Yeah. But anyway. That's, uh, uh, Rice patties oh. and me don't get along. But, Alan, uh, this book <laughs> uh, of ghost stories among friends, you were telling me before we went on the air that you had a lot of your friends and people that knew you tell you ghost stories. Can you tell us some ghost uh, ghost stories uh, you know, um, in, they don't even have to be the ones out of the book. Maybe ones you got since or whatever. Uh, you know, cause the listeners like that type of thing. Well, um, I asked my friends in uh, Facebook and social media, uh, on LinkedIn, uh, um, Instagram, Twitter, and everything. I asked everybody, even on the radio shows that I was on last year, if uh, they would send me uh, their ghost stories, if they had any, to my email address, and then I would print them up and put them in my book, my next book that I had. And I got quite a few of them. Well, it was enough to make a paperback of about 150-some-odd pages, so so I got quite a few of them. And I put some of my own in it and everything, and I thought it was uh, pretty neat, you know, that those people now has their ghost story. In, in, a, in a book. I know when I started printing my stories from my lifetime, paranormal stories from my lifetime, when when I put it in my first book there, Through the Veil and Back, I, I was really proud of that book, and I still am, because everything that I put in my books are true. They happen to me, and uh, uh, they're true. So anyway, I thought maybe these people would really like to have their there ghost stories in the book for the same reason. But anyway, I'll tell you one of the ghost stories that uh, 
my grandmother told me back when I was younger, um, she was born in the early 1900s. I believe it was 1903. And around 1910, uh, of course, her and her family lived on a farm. And uh, uh, there was automobiles around in 1910, but uh, they were not rich enough to be able to buy an automobile, so they still used horse and buggies or wagons. And uh, one day, uh, the family decided that they were going to go see relatives that was uh, lived uh, about a day's journey by horse and buggy. So they loaded up all the kids. I guess they had a fairly large wagon because they... It was a fairly large family. I think there was like eight kids in it or something like that. But anyway, they loaded up all the kids and everything, and it was a day's journey to see their uh, uh, relatives, their cousins and stuff at this other farm. So anyway, uh, uh, they got to this farm, and they went inside, and they ate, ate dinner. And at the dinner table, uh, they started talking about where all the where they were going to stay, the rooms that they were going to have. Well, in the course of the conversation, my grandmother found out that there was no rooms left for her. So she volunteered to sleep on the couch downstairs in the living room. So anyway, when it got time to go to bed, everybody went to bed, and she she went uh, to the couch and uh, went to sleep. And uh, she said she woke up about uh, 3 o'clock in the morning. And what woke her up was uh, footsteps in the room up above the uh, where she was sleeping. And they were pacing back and forth like somebody was, um, you know, just pacing back and forth, back and forth. And uh, then all of a sudden she said uh, the door to that room opened up and she could hear the footsteps coming across the hallway uh, that led over to that room, and they went over to the stairs that led down to her, the first floor, down to where she was at. And the stairs came down pretty close to the kitchen there. So she actually heard the footsteps of this person coming down the stairs. And at first, she thought it was uh, one of the family members. And anyway, they went across, and but instead of going through the living room, they went out through the kitchen, and she could hear the door, the back door, uh, that's on the kitchen, uh, open up, and whoever it was went outside uh, into the backyard. Well, in the morning... Uh, when they gathered for breakfast, uh, she was asking who went out into the backyard early uh, that morning, and they all looked around at each other and said uh, nobody went outside. Well, uh, well, the owners of that farm said that they bought that uh, property, that farm, from a family whose uh, husband and father had uh, hunging, hung himself to the apple tree that was out in the backyard. And that's how they found him the next day. He was hanging from that tree. So my grandmother told me that she thought 
it was his spirit just walking back and forth up there and going down and basically reliving that night. And he went out to the backyard and hung himself to the apple tree. So that that's one of the uh, stories that's in the book. Uh, I, I got a few more. Uh, my wife and I lived in a haunted house, so we we got a few stories, <laughs> ghost stories and whatever. Well, but anyway. Well, uh, maybe, uh, you know, I, one thing I want to say, when I grew up in the early 50s in Seattle, you know, back then in the 50s, believe it or not, there were still like parts of farms in Seattle, in, in, in Seattle, Seattle itself, you know, left over from the early 1900s. And next to... Uh, my parents' house, there was like, uh, you know, a couple acres a guy had. He lived in a shack. And uh, one day he decided, you know, to hang himself in his old work shed. And, you know, they, you know, well, actually, my dad found the body. But uh, what happened then is, you know, they came in, you know, a few months later. I guess the property went to somebody. They, they uh, totally uh, bulldozed the property and built a new house there. And it was funny, the new people moved in the brand new house, started coming over and talking to us, saying, you know, this is weird. You know, the doors are slamming, uh, this is happening, they're hearing creaks and they're hearing thumps at night and all that stuff. And then my dad said, well, you know, the prior property owner hung himself right there in your backyard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It used to be an old tool shed. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I got a funny feeling his spirit was still, you know, trapped there. Yeah, really. Uh, you know, the, the earth has a plane also. I mean, it's an earthly plane. It, and there's a lot of spirits in that earthly plane. I really don't know why they're still there and still instead of passing on to where they're supposed to go but um, uh, I guess a lot of times those spirits have things that they need to tell their uh, relatives or something that they feel like they have to do you know before moving on um, uh, I know a couple times I've told the spirit to move on move into the light and they have done that, and uh, in the process, never heard about them anymore. And I get, I I, I've you, even done that with animal spirits. i got to ask you a uh, question here on, on that, about the light. A good, well, a friend of mine, Art Bell, who passed away here recently, I know an Art since yeah. the early, early 90s. He's the one that got me out of retirement, you know, and back into radio. 
uh, he, he had a guest of John Lear on his show. I don't know if you know who John Lear is, but uh, yeah, he was telling Art one time on his radio show that, you know, don't go into light. It's a trick. You want to go into the darkness. And you know what? Uh, it bugged Art Bell, I think, probably to the day he died. Because, you know, really? it, even on conversations that we would have, you know, either texting each other or on the phone, you know, he ever so often would bring that up. He was kind of, you know, he was getting up there, you know, in age, and he was kind of felt like his life was over. I hate to say it. But, um, you know, he, he brought it up to me in one of the conversations, the last couple of conversations I had to him. He goes, when I pass on, I'm, I, I still don't know which way am I going to go. Do I go to the light or do I go through the darkness? Because... The light could be a trick, and he, he really confused him. Well, no. Can I tell you the story about my astral projection? Yeah, I, yeah go ahead. You're the guest. <laughs> this this was back in 1982. My grandfather had died in 83 just a few months before, and he was a father figure. Uh, I really missed the guy. He was a great guy. He taught me everything that I knew, you know. And when he died, I was really upset. And I was raised a Christian, and I was taught when you die, you either go to heaven or hell, and hell was brimstone and fire and everything else. And I didn't know. I knew he was a great guy, but I didn't know exactly where he was at, and I was wondering where he was at. And that's what I had in my mindset during that time. Anyway, I went to bed one night, and immediately when I fell asleep, I went into this, like a vision, but it wasn't a vision. Uh, a lot of people thought maybe it was a out-of-body experience, but it wasn't. Some people thought it was a near-death experience, but I wasn't near death. I hadn't even been sick. But anyway, it opened up with me in the ceiling of this hospital room in the corner, and I was looking down, and I there was this gurney there, and there was a body laying on this gurney, and there was a doctor and a nurse standing there, and they were talking back and forth, and I believe they were talking about the body, and I realized that that body was mine, and that kind of creeps you out when you look down, and there's your body laying on this gurney in this hospital, you know? So anyway, just as I was gathering my thoughts about this, all of a sudden I started moving, and I went up through the ceiling of this room, and I went up through the roof of this hospital. Now, this hospital was only had like one or two stories. It was very small, and I was out into the open, and I could see the lights of the city. It was nighttime, and I could see the lights of the city, and I had this radio uh, host say, well, did you recognize the city? Do you know what city it was? And like I said, in 82, I was uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. And, I'm, and I did not recognize the city at that time. But I do now. It's the city that I'm in right now, uh, Cedar City, Utah. And we have a small hospital, just one hospital here. But anyway, so anyway, I, I freaked my wife out, too, when I told that radio host that she she was freaked out when I told her that. But anyway, I, I was going higher and higher, and pretty soon I was looking down on the earth, and I thought, what a 
beautiful thing that is down there, you know, with the clouds and the oceans. It was blue. And then I got thinking, what an ugly place it is on the surface, though, with the wars and the rapes and everything else that mankind was doing to each other and to the earth. And this voice came to me telepathically, and it went straight into my brain, and it said, the earth is fulfilling the purpose for which it was created. Now, that little sentence had a lot of information in it. Number one, the earth was created. Number two, the earth was fulfilling the purpose for which it was created, whatever that purpose was. And uh, so that kind of, as I was thinking about that, I started thinking about myself and the things that I had done in my life. I started thinking about my own sins, and I, I was beginning to worry about them, whether I was going to be good enough to go to heaven. And this voice came to me again, and it said, because of the choices that you had made, because of the stumbling blocks uh, that was placed in front of you, and you were able to uh, make the right choices and stuff, is the reason why you're at where you're at right now. And so that kind of told me right there that we, as human beings, pay for a lot of our sins here on the surface of this planet, on this earth. Uh, we pay for those by the choices that we make. Anyway, I started thinking about my family now. What were they going to do since I died and I wasn't with them anymore? How were they going to survive? And that voice came back to me again, and it said, <clears throat> because your family has to go through the same things that you went through, they have to make the same choices that you made and be able to overcome the stumbling blocks that you overcame to be at the place that you are at, that they too can receive, uh, make their spirit stronger and be where you're at right now. So that told me that this earth is like a uh, testing ground for, for our human spirits. Uh, because of the things that we do down here, it makes our spirits stronger and helps us to move on to the life to come, our afterlife. So anyway, I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I realized that the earth is no more, and I was among the stars. Uh, and the stars are different colors. I did not realize that, but they are. There's different colors. And I was moving at a tremendous rate of speed. I mean, it was really quick. Then all of a sudden, the stars, the light of the stars, became like um, streaks, white streaks. And I was moving really quick, and all of a sudden, it became dark, pitch black. And I don't know why that was. All I know was I was moving at a tremendous rate of speed, and I actually feel my own thought is I was moving faster than the speed of light. And that's the reason why it was pitch dark. And I was beginning to become fearful at this point because that voice was no longer talking to me. And all of a sudden, I saw a little pinhole of light in front of me. Now, this is where 
you know, it could have been a near-death experience because this is where these people that have near-death experiences, they say they feel like they're in a tunnel and it's dark and, you know, they see a pinhole of light oh, you know, yeah, in front. they do. That's, a, that's exactly that, uh, the way that uh, what happened to me, uh, except it wasn't a, a near-death experience. Anyway, as as I moved on closer to this light, the light kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And just before I went into the light, I slowed down. I started slowing down. And I went into that light. And that light is love and charity and everything that has to do with love. There's all the good feelings in this. Now, it's not... A, like in an emotion that we have, like when we tell our our family that we love them or our wife that we love them, it's, that's in an emotion. This is something that's, uh, it's almost like solid object, but it goes right straight through your body and you can feel it in all parts of your body. And I never wanted to leave that light. It was something I had never experienced before in my life. And I kept going in this light, and all of a sudden I saw this person, this being, and he was up in front, and he was like sitting on this rock, and he had long hair and a beard, and he was a white Caucasian, pretty close to it anyway, and uh, he had a white robe, and he presented himself to me like, he was Jesus or God. Now, I don't know if you were Hindu or American Indian or something, how he would present himself to somebody like that. But to me, that's what he was presenting himself to. But that's okay. I don't care because that light was coming from him. Um, Now, (laughs) as I got closer... I wanted to go to this person, but as I got closer, all of a sudden, I blacked out. I don't remember that. Uh, Now, I don't know whether my memory was erased at that point, but I don't remember that. But what I do remember was I woke up in a field or a meadow. It had uh, tall grass in it. Uh, I could hear birds chirping. I could hear insects. Uh, The flowers were brilliant colors, just really bright, brilliant colors. And I could hear water in the background. It was uh, like a brook or a stream. And anyway, I stood up. As I stood up, I realized I was in a circle of people. And I also realized that those people were people that I knew. They were my uh, relatives, ancestors. Uh, and close friends that had passed on before me. But the person that I really paid uh, my attention to was my grandfather, who was standing directly in front of me. And he started expressing his love to me, and I was expressing my love to him also. But it, we did it telepathically. Uh, uh, I felt like I could move my mouth if I wanted to and speak to him, but I didn't have to, and that's how we communicated Now, the last thing I remember on this projection is him and I were walking side by side, and there was like a forest 
next to this uh, field, and there was a dirt path along there. And I was walking by beside him on this dirt path, and he was telling me things. But I don't know what he was telling me. When I woke up the next morning or when I got up the next morning, I don't remember what he was saying. I kind of felt like he thought I needed to change my life more and, you know, stuff like that. But uh, I really don't remember. But, you know, when I returned, I felt like I had just stood before God. I felt like I had a glow about me. And I also felt like I was shining, you know. And uh, it was a, a tremendous feeling. And this feeling stayed with me for a long time. And this projection, uh, I can rem- remember the details of it up till now. I, I was just in my early 30s then, and I'm 70 now. And I remember it just like it happened yesterday. Um, and like I was telling you before, uh, when I came back, as I got older, my abilities, because of this projection, became stronger and stronger and stronger. As I got older, um, I did not remember the things that was told to me then. But as I got older, I received bits and pieces of knowledge. And uh, as, you know, in, how do I describe it? I Of knowledge. Okay, Alan, Alan, we're going to have to go for a two-minute break. I'm going to put you on hold. We'll be back in two minutes, okay? Okay, fine. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. paranormal story you want to share on night dreams talk radio you could be a guest email us at night dreams talk radio at gmail.com check out night dreams website at www.nightdreamstalkradio.com
You can advertise your business on Night Dreams Talk Radio, and you will be heard worldwide. Why not contact us at nightdreamstalkradio at gmail.com. You're listening to my friend Gary Anderson on Night Dreams Talk Radio, the best in paranormal radio. Yeah, we had to take a little station break for the stations that's carrying us. Uh, we're back. We're talking with Alan Wright. Uh, he has written a book about ghost stories among friends. He's an empath. He's a medium. Now, I'm going to take one or two calls in for uh, uh, Alan, but please don't call in to after you hear the other person who called in because... You know, as you know, that we went through a uh, uh, storm here, and I don't have all of my system up and, and working at this point. So, I mean, I can take one call in at a time. I am sorry about that. I'm only running half the computers I normally do. You can certainly call in at 1-253-203-6681. That's 1-253-203-6681. Do not call the other older number because that's not being used anymore. Call in 1-253-203-669-6681. Alan will give you a reading or uh, sorts. And uh, Alan, we're back with you. Okay, I'm here. Well, it's better than being some other place, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, really. But, you know, when I got back from that uh, uh, thing, I, I started receiving information as I got older, little bits and pieces uh, of information. And I realized then that they did not give me all that information at one time because I probably would not be able to understand it. It probably would have made me more, um, probably make me where I would not receive it favorably. And uh, doing it the way they did it, made it, as I got older, I could understand it. I could say, oh, yeah, you know, I, I can see this happening now or, or whatever. Uh, but that's the way it had to be done. So um, anyway, I uh, and my abilities, like I told you earlier, at 2015, I thought I was a, a passive medium. And a passive medium a medium that can only receive messages from the spirits when, uh, for a person that's already standing in front of him or sitting in front of him. Now, uh, I consider myself a spiritual medium now because I can read people, uh, basically call the spirit out whenever somebody wants me to tell them about, say, their late grandfather or, or grandmother or something like that. Uh, and I can do that. Uh, I didn't used to be able to. So uh, my healing abilities uh, has been stronger also. Um, so uh, because of what I went through, I I also feel I could not have received all this information that they gave me or told me in just the few hours that I was there. I feel there's no time there. They have no time. Uh, they can take time and bend it and twist it to suit them, but they have no time. And that's how they were able to bring me back to the time when, when I was supposed to be back. But I feel I could have been there a week. I could have been there a month. I could have even been there a year. 
and they could have brought me back to whenever, you know, they, they was supposed to bring me back. Okay, we got a uh, caller in here. Let's see. Okay, caller, you're on Night Dreams Talk Radio. Yeah, hello. Um, I was, was wondering if um, Mr. Allen could give me a reading. Uh, what's your first name? David. David? Yeah. Pleased to meet you, David. Uh, you too. I have an older gentleman here. His, uh, he's presenting himself to me as a, uh, as your grandfather. Uh, did you have a grandfather that's passed? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking it was from your mother's side of the family. Yeah. Were yeah. you Sounds were great. you close to them? Yeah, it's pretty close to him. Yeah, this, this he's telling me that he was close to you. Um, yeah. He's showing me that he's wearing a fishing hat. Did he take you fishing any? Uh, sometimes, long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, spirits kind of they tell you things. And they try to show you things that they liked or loved when they were uh, alive. And this is what he's showing me. He's showing me uh, that he took you fishing. And uh, that was something that was enjoyable for him. And uh, uh, he, he told me that he loved you very much as a little boy. I don't know if he knew that or not. I don't know if you saw him that often when you were a little boy, but he, he said he loved you very much. Uh, were you the, his only grandchild at the time, or do you I remember? Was first, I was the first grandchild for a few years. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's that's what he was telling me then. Um, he, he thinks that you were very special. And one of the reasons for it, I guess, is grandparents thinks the first grandson is special anyway uh but anyway he's um he's telling me that i i take it that he died from a disease yeah yeah and uh he it was kind of a slow death it wasn't quick and he wanted me to tell you that he was so sorry that he had to leave you when he did. Uh, he's also telling me that he uh, loved you now as much as he did then. He, um, are you married? No. <laughs> um reason why I ask is he's, uh, he's telling me that uh, if you haven't already, you found a girlfriend, and I, uh, he's telling me that you're going to uh, marry this one, so uh, be be kind of put up your guard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> put up your guard, because he tells me that you're going to marry this one, but he he says that he, he ha- ha- loves you very much. Um let me see. Can I tell you anything else? We're on a short radio program here. Uh, he's wearing a hat. I don't. He's wearing a fishing hat. Now he's wearing another type of hat. It's almost like a golfing hat. Did you 
Did you know if he went golfing? Uh, he used to go to the golf course a lot, but no, he didn't really golf. <laughs> or maybe that's why he told me. Yeah, he's wearing a golf a golfing hat. So he's, that's another part that he liked. Even if he didn't golf, he he liked that. Uh, that was a special thing in his life, also. Um, but he's telling me that you were special to him, very special. Uh, you know, a lot of times the spirit that comes through the veil to make themselves known to, like you, your grandfather, uh, they do that to also let you know that uh, he's one of your garden, guardian angels. And if you ever need any help from him, he's telling me this to ask in a in like a meditation or something. You don't have to be prayerful or anything like that. But you can ask him uh, for strength. You can ask him for some knowledge. But you can ask him for this. All humans have the ability to do this if you can tap into that. Uh, and you can do it. He's telling me that, um, uh, that he's going to be... Oh, he's telling me, do you feel him? Do you feel him at times? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, he's definitely. telling me that he's around you quite often, and you should yeah. be able to feel him. <laughs> I think him. he is all the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's telling me that. So, any, anyway, David, he's, he's telling me that he's going to continue being around you and that he's going to... Uh, he's going to be with you when it's your time to pass. But don't worry, it's going to be a while off. But he's he's telling me that he'll, he'll be with you through your life and then he'll meet you when you come across that uh, bridge oh, there. Wow. <laughs> okay? Good to know. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. Well, I thank, really appreciate it. Thank, well, you, thank you for calling Night Dreams. Yep, thank you. Uh, <laughs> bye-bye. Bye, David. Interesting. So you had those feelings about his uh, grandfather. You know, he, I, as, as David said, his uh, grandfather didn't uh, play golf, but he went to the golf course. So, you know, quite a bit. So that, yeah. that tells you something. Yeah. Well, like I said, he switched hats. He, he had a little fishing cap on it. I could see the uh, uh, the flies, you know, the, the hooks up on the, the hat there. And then, and then all of a sudden he switched that and put on a golfing cap. And I, <laughs> so that, that told me there that he, he, he was either golfing or something. He had something to do with golfing. But, yeah, they, they spirits tell, tell me things uh, that are true. And the spirits that I allow in, like I said, are spirits of light. Uh, they're good spirits. And they, they come in for their, uh, their, kin for their, uh, you know, for their family. And uh, they relay things to them. What they, what they think of is things that they enjoyed when they were on this earth and when they uh, were, had their physical bodies. And, uh, like I told David, fishing was one of them. He remembered him going fishing with his grandfather a couple of times. And, and the golfing part of it. And, uh, he really enjoyed that. 
But he also wanted to let him know that he loved him very much and that he is around him all the time. And Gary told you that he feels his grandfather. And his grandfather told me that he touches him. So that that togetherness right there is very close. And I think if Gary was like in a meditative state. No, 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 David, David. uh, David, yeah. I bet he could uh, actually feel his grandfather touching him. But, uh, yeah. Uh, now, how, I, I, I got to ask you a question too about animals. I have had a couple uh, mediums on that you know specialize in animals. Uh, have you ever had any connection with spirits from you know like dogs, cats, or anything like that? People have had. Well, I, I've had uh, you know a lot of. I'm an empath, and I've had a lot of pets during my lifetime, and. Uh, I I have little dogs right now, chihuahuas, you know, and small dogs. I have a small, uh, <laughs> I forget what, he's a mutt is what he is. But anyway, uh, but I've had some dogs pass on, and yes, I do. Their spirits come to me, and they're around me all the time. In fact, in one of my books, I wrote a, a dedication to them. Because they were with me. They were sitting on the bed here uh, while I was writing my book, day after day after day. And I dedicated that book basically to them. Um, yeah, I, uh, they have spirits. And Well, that, I, um, that makes me feel better because, you know, believe it or not, I had a part poodle, part terrier uh, that was 20 years old. The last maybe six months of its life, it was in diapers you know, it couldn't even walk anymore, but I, I couldn't take it to the vet yeah. because the vet, you know, when I called him up the first thing they said, I, we got to put your dog down. But the dog wasn't in pain. And, you know, the, me and the dog really, you know, I almost hate Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. To say it, I've eight kids, but I looked at him as number nine. I mean, you know, twenty years for a little toy poodle uh, terrier mix is a long time, and and it was really yeah. hard because you know that one day uh, I I took off to pick up my daughter from work. I come home, and I I went into the bedroom, and I knew the dog was basically hanging on for to say goodbye to me because as soon as I picked up my yeah. dog, I put it in my arms. It it died. You know, and yeah. it, it, I think it was just hanging on for me to come back in the, the, the bedroom uh, to say goodbye to me. And it was one of the hardest things, honestly, uh, I had to oh, go through really hard. I, I've had a couple of them myself that just tore me up when they died, you know, but and then they stayed with me after they died. So um, I, you know, animals especially dogs and cats, uh, they have um, a, uh, a love that, <laughs> what do you call it, just a, a love that never dies. And uh, when you die, 
that love is still going to be there that they had for you in this life. And uh, I strongly believe this. They, they were, one of the things that they told me is the pets that you have, when you move on to your afterlife, those pets will be with you in whatever place, wherever you go. So I, I believe uh, I'm going to have a small farm <laughs> <laughs> when I end up in a place where I'm going because, you know, I, I've had a, I got three dogs right now, and my wife and I has had uh, six up to six dogs at one time, you know. So uh, we'd have cats too, but my wife is allergic to cats, so we can't have them unless she takes shots and pills and everything else. But I don't um, know. See, cats, I, you know, I I've seen you know where you know dogs actually you know when their master have died you know lay on the grave and starve themselves to death. You know, cats are funny because yeah. we do have a cat in the house. And you know what? That cat is, you know, uh, it's affectionate and loving cat. But if you don't feed it when it's hungry, it'll come up to you and it, it starts biting on you like you're, you're a steak or something. It wants to eat you. And, and, you know, I never had a dog do that to me in my life. Like, I, I just don't think cats have the, a, you know, the same love that, uh, you know, dogs can develop. And you know what? It's really, my mother. I was going to say this real quick. My mother you... had cats also, and she had this one uh, Siamese cat, and she named him uh, Charlie Chan. But that uh, she had asthma too, pretty bad. And this crazy cat would get up on the back of the couch, and he would stand by by her with one paw on each one of her shoulders, and he would need her just like he was giving her a uh, massage, and I truly believe that that cat was helping her to breathe and uh, uh, <laughs> I, I never seen anything like that before in my life either you know and she had a love for that cat that was on the rails and that cat loved her too you could tell but unconditional love that's what I was trying to say unconditional love these animals have oh, yeah. and that love does not go any place when they die it stays right with them now, you can call me crazy, Alan, but you know, it's, it's funny because it's only been a week since my dog died. But you know what? I, I, you know, I go to bed at night and I swear to God, the dog is still laying where it would sleep next to me. Here I'd be in bed, you know, sleeping or just about asleep. And all of a sudden I feel like the bed move and like the spring go down and then back up. And then I look and there's nothing there. Uh Interesting. I'm trying to read him right now. I'm trying to read him right now. Was he black? No, he was kind of like a, you know, terrier color, kind of grayish, brownish. Okay. Well, I, I'm not picking up on him. There's so many. You must have had a lot of animals, too. But well, we've had we we have a mini I'm, mini farm, so yeah, we got a, we got a couple of horses, we got some goats, uh, we got a couple of different dogs. We just you know we just lost a goat, uh, pet goat here recently. We lost uh, one of our dogs. They're all at the age because my kids are all adults now. But when they were like thirteen or fourteen, guess yeah. they had to have cats. They had to have dogs. Then you know when they move yeah. out of the house, you know the age goes, and three cats have recently died. Uh, one of the other dogs died, so we've had, you know, a lot of them die in the past year. Well, I'm almost positive, Gary, that that dog that what slept by you at night is still doing it. 
they don't give up their habits that they have just because they passed on. Uh, they're, they're still around you. Uh, I had a little chihuahua that stayed around me for over a month after he died. And I finally had to tell him. I could actually hear his footsteps behind me and everything. And one morning, about 6, 6.30 in the morning, I heard a little dog barking out on our front porch. And that's what he used to do when he was alive. And I got up and went out to the door to see, you know, what was on our front porch. And there was nothing there. It was him. He was still doing what he did when he was alive. And he was barking. You could actually hear him. My wife and I both heard him. So I, I'm just saying that you probably did feel him. And he was probably there. I'm willing to bet on it. And he'll probably be around with you for a long, long time. Uh, just because I don't feel him so much anymore doesn't mean that he's not around me still. I felt his little spirit plus about three or four other little spirits around me when I was writing that book. And so I I know they're around me. <laughs> I know I got spirits around me all the time. No, I've got animal spirits. i got people spirits. <laughs> you know, your show is one of the very few shows that I've been able to be on without something going on, like uh, feedback or some strange noises coming across the airwaves and stuff like that, because spirits, especially ones that want to be heard, they can play around with your sound equipment. And when they get anxious and they want to be heard, they can uh, mess the, the radio up, you know. You, have, you can end up with a lot of feedback and stuff. I'm a co-host on a radio show on uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, Crossover Connections, and uh, the feedback was so bad on that one time that I actually had to command the spirits to settle down and to be quiet so we could deal with them. Uh, we, it was just so bad, and you know they did. Uh, the feedback went away, the weird noises went away, and we were able to finish the show. Well, but, uh, maybe yeah. it's maybe it's all the <laughs> audio equipment I have in my studio. I my studio is in the home, but uh, you know it rivals virtually any radio station uh, studio. You know the equipment really? I have. I mean, I I have all the same equipment that radio station would have, minus the transmitter. So you know we normally transmit out on the internet plus satellite to the radio stations. So. You know, we're we're a mini radio station without the transmitter here. I mean, I one thing I've been in broadcasting since 1976. I, you know, I, I told you I'm an old fart just like you, and you know, I I I'm a fanatic. Uh, I want a good sounding uh, show, and you know, my wife still you know is not talking to me for the last year. No, it's not true, but I mean, I I probably spent as much in the studio as it would be going out and buying a new car. I bet you did. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, that's why my uh, wife didn't talk to me for a long time. But that was nice. <laughs> no, actually, yeah, we, we got a, a good love-hate relationship, and I love it. <laughs> uh, are you a medium, too? <laughs> no, just medium-large. <laughs> medium-large, huh? <laughs> Most generally, I can pick up on a person that's uh, a medium or whatever. No, I had this lady call in. 
this girl called in. She was a young lady at one of the shows, and she said, Mr. Wright, can you help me? And she was really upset. She was crying. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, what is wrong? She says, well, she says, I think I'm going crazy. She said, "Uh, I've been to psychiatrists. And she said, they're not helping me. They put me on pills. She said, I I take these pills and I feel like I'm just dead. She said, I have no emotion or nothing. She says, uh, she said, I can't live this way. She said, can you help me? I think she wanted me to heal her. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now, just talking to you this short time. I said, do you see people that's not there? She says, yeah. I said, do you, can you hear people talking that's not there? She said, yeah. And I said, well, uh, I believe you're a medium. Uh, I said, "Uh, I'm pretty sure you are. And she says, but she said, I've seen some awful, terrible things. And I said, look, dear, I said, I've seen some things that would make a normal person run down the street with their hands over the head, just screaming and yelling. I said, that that's part of being a medium. But what you need to do is learn how to control it, learn how to deal with it, and understand it. And I said, you, you need to go to a person that's a, a, a medium, and just talk to them, and let them talk to you, and let them tell you what what you need to do. You know, by the time I got through talking to her, she was all calmed down, and she realized that that's what she was. She was a medium, and she was the things that she was seeing is what mediums see. And a lot of times, uh, doctors, especially in psychiatrists, they they will mistake that as being, uh, you know they're having a psychotic break or something, you know, and it's just not that at all. Um, well, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's strange how it can come on. Like I had one guest on and she's been on a couple of times on my show. I think the last time maybe was about six months ago, but you know, what happened with her is her and her husband were in the car and he got hit T-boned and he, he died right in front of her. Now she never had any, any, medium uh, capabilities or even thought anything about that. But then all of a sudden she, her husband started coming to her after, you know, uh, you know, uh, his death uh, while she was in the hospital. And then over a course of a couple of months, all of a sudden she started seeing spirits. She started, in other words, it, it, it hit her within a couple of months. She became a full fledged medium. Now, have you heard yeah. of things like that happening? Oh, yeah, definitely. The host of uh, crossover uh, connections was basically like, basically like that. She was in a car accident, and in the course of it, she was, like, wedged in the car. And uh, uh, they knew she, she knew that they, they weren't going to be able to get her out, and she knew she was also dying. And she said all of a sudden, she levitated. She felt her body being levitated. Now, i got to tell you, Gary, us humans, we have powers, untapped powers, that we don't know of. And only in certain situations, uh, those powers are tapped into accidentally, I think. But she levitated, and she was able to levitate her body over to the other side of the vehicle. 
where it was going to be easier for them to get her out of the van or out of the vehicle, whatever. And she said at the time she was quite heavy. And so she said that, that happened. And she said also after that, she became, uh, she was a medium. She, same thing. She saw spirits. She could talk to them. They talked back. Uh, and I'm telling you, she is good. I don't know if you ever heard of her. You might want to get her on your show. I know she would come in a heartbeat. Her name is Barbara Patron, and she is great. Uh, she 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 tells people a reading, and you might think, nah, that's not going to happen. But everything she says comes true, I, I'm telling you. Uh, but anyway, that is that to go out. Well, you know, I got. I I know. I don't know. This has. I I don't know how you classify what I'm going to tell you, but back when junior high school, me and my friend, uh, we'd always walk up on the weekend. Uh, there was a uh, store a few miles away from where we lived. It was a you know they sell magic stuff, trick stuff, all that stuff. And we watched a movie that day. You know, one of those horror type movies. You, you watch, you know, the B movies on TV. Now we're we're talking about. Yeah, I love those movies. Yeah. yeah. Back, like yeah, <laughs> this this was before I went in the service, so it was like early, well, maybe, oh, gee, well, it had to be mid-60s. Uh, anyway, uh, we watched this movie about voodoos, you know, uh, dolls sticking pins in it, you know, casting spells. So we decided, okay, let's go up to the magic store, and we bought a voodoo doll. And we had this one teacher in junior high school we hated or I hated with the biggest passion. So we, we, oh. we got this doll and we, I found where my mom kept all her sewing, you know, kit and those big long sewing needles. And I stuck all these in his stomach and stuff, you know, saying, you know, die, die, die and all this weird stuff. Right. Uh, Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, And we said some voodoo words we wrote down during the movie. Well, come Monday... He's not in school, you know, teaching his math class. We find out he's in the hospital. He just had appendicitis. So I don't know if that had anything to do with the voodoo thing. But then, you know, after he healed, again, we did not like this teacher at all. We we went and he spent a fortune restoring. I don't even remember what type of car it was. But it was a car that he, he thought more of than human life, pretty much. And we went out. Oh, wow. We went out and got a model of the car, painted the you know one of those tester models. We painted it the same color, right? And then we <laughs> we we smashed it and said, "Okay, you're going to get in a big car crash." All this stuff. 
about a week later, coming to uh, Denny Junior High School up in Seattle, they had a football field there. And there was about a 75-foot bank going from the road down to where the, the field was. Somehow his car went over the bank and down. Oh, and now, he only ended up with a, a couple broken bones, but it totaled out his car. And and I that oh, was an, that was enough of my magic stuff or voodoo stuff or anything like that because it it scared me especially when you're you know like a young teenager in junior high school. Yeah. Well, you know, I learned at an early age not to mess with something that is paranormal that you don't know about. Uh, with my mother of all people, but uh, for us kids, we were quite. Oh, well, I was probably in high school, freshman, something like that. But the rest of my siblings were younger. I I was the oldest in the family, but she brought home a a Ouija board one time. And uh, uh, the only ones that could work that uh, Ouija board was myself and my my next sister. She's second oldest. But we got pretty good with that thing. And, you know, it gets kind of scary after a while. That uh, planchette or whatever they call it that moves around and has the three legs on it. You still there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> I, I, you, I wish you wouldn't have mentioned the, the Ouija board, okay? I wish you wouldn't have done it. because. But there's something to it. It's bad. Don't bad. mess with it unless you know what you're doing. Because this thing, after a while... You know, my before I used to go move around a little bit, we call out the letter. You know, it was no big deal. We could do the the you know read it in our heads. You know, but after a while, my mother had to sit on on the couch with a tablet and a pencil, and we had to call out the letters. And they were moving so fast. All we did was call out the letters, and then after it was done. We went back and divided it into words, sentences, and paragraphs. That's the way this thing was. And I realized it was uh, getting pretty nasty, actually. My sister had a friend that lived up the street, and she came down one night. We were messing with this uh, Ouija board, and she knocked on the door. And that crazy Ouija board stopped right in the middle of a sentence that said, Who's that? Oh, wow. We said, "Well, it's so and so that lives up the street." And he said, "Well, I don't like I don't like her. Tell her to leave." <laughs> I said, "Well, I'm not going to tell her to leave." And I said, "Well, you better tell her, or else." I said, "Or else what?" And it spelled out something about going to hell. And I said, "Well, I'll see you there first. I took out, I was smoking cigarettes at the time, and I took out my cigarette lighter and I burnt the corner of the board. You know, that thing quit working for my sister and I. It just quit working. Uh, we got it out about oh, 20 years later or so, and it started working for us again, but it was never the same. Uh, I, I don't know if maybe a lot of the bad things that happened to me in my life was because of what I did, but... You don't want to mess with those Ouija boards. Uh, Really bad. Well, Alan, (laughs) really bad. I didn't know that my first wife, you know, I, she was a former Miss Washington. I met her. um, This is going to sound really bad. I met her and two and a half weeks later we were married. I really, you know, I, I, I didn't know the difference between 
love and sex probably at that age. And, you yeah, know, guys, one day I came, guys <laughs> I came home one night after work and here's a whole bunch of strange people in my living room. I never seen them. I didn't know who they were. And they had a Ouija board going. I found out my wife was a witch. Uh, and they had this Ouija board going and it was crazy how the, you know, what stuff that was going on and it really upset me. And, uh, you know, I came originally from my grandparents were Mennonite. Uh, my dad was Catholic, you know, my mom was Protestant. So I mean, it was really a mixed, you know, religion. I saw that thing and I, I snuck it away uh, when she was sleeping. I donated it to a thrift store about 10 miles away and didn't tell anybody where it went. Well, about two days later, I come home again, and they're staring at me. And, and I go, and I go, and I look down, there's the same Ouija board. And they said, hey, we found the Ouija board in a thrift shop. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I tell you, it, you know, some weird things just went on and on. I mean, it was a two and a half years of pure living hell. I mean, yeah. she lived yeah. by what that Ouija board would say to do. And it's yeah. basically, you know, it, I, I really feel this, that a Ouija board tells you things you want to hear at the start, you know, to and make you, you know to be true. Yeah, things you know to be true and all that stuff. And after it hooks you, is that's when it starts yeah. feeding you a whole bunch of bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I learned the same thing. What A Ouija board will tell you the truth when you, like, how many kids do I have? Or, you know, what's, what's my mother's name or something like that? It will tell the truth. But when you start asking it about the future... It will lie through its teeth. <laughs> Nothing it says is going to be true. And if you base your life on what that thing tells you, you're in a world of hurt. I'm telling you right now, you don't ever want to uh, use a Ouija board for your, uh, oh, how do I put it, your guide for your life. You really don't. No, unless but, you want to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, yeah. I just, you know, it, it's strange because, you know, it's also funny. My very first radio show I got on in 1976, I was hired to do Top 40, Alan, uh, up uh, yeah. near, God, I'm trying to think of the name of the t- little town, but it was up by Vancouver, Washington. And, and I was supposed to do Top 40 and I go there and everybody stares at me when I walk in the door and they go, uh, the owner wants to talk to you. So I go in there and he goes, we're not doing Top 40. So you got two choices. You, you, you know, you can go look for another job, uh, which I just moved there. So, you know, and rent an apartment. Now, what am I going to do? Uh, or you can learn wow. how to do talk radio. And, you know, here I was young, you know, and I didn't know what to talk about. I, you know, I you didn't know much about world events. But I, I, I noticed in the newspaper right there that uh, there was a local occult you know, and people missing and all that stuff. And, you know, the, the police were looking for people. So I started my first show in the paranormal talking about occults and, and stuff like that. And as it's growing for all the years, I've done pretty much all paranormal. And, you know, it's certain yeah. things I learned. One, don't get involved with a Ouija board. Don't get into any occults. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, and, and if you, if you rely on any information you get from a Ouija board, I hate to say it, your, your life is not going to be happy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I took that one Ouija board. Uh, my mother, I guess, took it and put it away somewhere. Uh, I don't know how my sister got it, but my other sister got it. And I was at a family thing. This was years and years later. I mean, I had been married, you know, five times. By <laughs> no, <laughs> Sounds familiar. I, it was about, oh, I had to be pretty close to 30 years, uh, you know, from the first time I saw the Ouija board. But anyway, uh, it was a family get-together type thing, you know. And my younger sister, she goes, uh, Remember that uh, Ouija board we had back when we were kids? And we go, yeah, you know. She said, well, you and Linda, can you and Linda go ahead and see if you could get it to work again, you know? I said, well, I don't know. The last time we tried it, it wouldn't work at all. But anyway, we sat down. We Everybody got quiet, and sure enough, it started working again. And the only thing is, is I said, well, what questions do do you want to ask it? And my younger sister said, ask it what my, uh, what Tom you used to call me, his uh, favorite name, what he used to call me. Tom was her husband who had died from cancer just a short time before that. He was a open uh, door gunner for in a helicopter in Vietnam when they'd spray that Agent Orange on the force, you know, on the jungle. And oh, I know about I know about Agent Orange. I can tell yeah. you what it does later on to you. Yeah, well, it used to blow back in his face and everything. He got uh, throat cancer, and it was very nasty. He died from a hemorrhage in the bathroom of their home. But anyway, uh, uh, she said to ask it what Tom used to call me, his favorite name, and it spelled out uh, baby. You know, she broke down and started crying. Uh, she was bawling, uh, almost uncontrollably. And that I realized then that that's what that board does. It, it does what whatever it can to hurt somebody. And it did it to my sister that night. You know, maybe she shouldn't have wanted that answer to that question. But still, I realized then that it, it was not something to play with. And I don't know what my... Uh, sister did with the board after that. I think she probably threw it away, burned it, or whatever. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I hadn't seen it since then, and I don't mess with them. I'm, I'm definitely afraid of them, to tell you the truth, especially now since I'm doing, you know, mediums uh, stuff. I, I just don't want it around where maybe it might be drawing in some evil stuff for me. Uh, I just don't want it. I don't need it, and so I don't. But that's a first, good, good That's a good move because Go otherwise you could get possessed. I mean, that's all the demons in the stuff. Yeah. That that's who you're actually. They are. I don't really think that you know when you're talking to your departed grandmother or, or grandfather or your parents on a Ouija board, you're not talking to. I hate to say it, you're probably talking to demons. And they're trying to you know, pull you in by giving you some information that they, you know, and then that's when oh, they yeah. get you hooked into it. 
You know, the only way you can really get rid of a, a, a Ouija board, I hate to say it, is burn it. Burn it up to nothing. Yeah. Burn it to ashes. Yeah. yeah. Don't take don't it to a... Don't any part of it. Don't take Burn it to it a thrift. Don't take it to a thrift store because all of a sudden one of the people will find it and they'll be madder at you yet. <laughs> yeah, you know, Gary, they they used to sell those things to, uh, for kids uh, as uh, games, board games, way back when they when they first brought it out. Wasn't it Bradley that brought them out or something like that in the beginning? Uh, Bradley board games, I think it was Milton Bradley. Uh, but they used to sell them in the toy stores and stuff. I couldn't believe that. They're, they're uh, dangerous, actually. Yeah, Milton uh, Bradley sold a lot of those to young people. Just imagine, yeah. you know, I, I think even when I was a little kid, probably like in like sixth grade or seventh grade, I remember getting one of those for a Christmas present for my mom. And I looked at that thing and I go, no freaking way am I going to, you know, because I was even smart enough yeah. then even to know what they could uh, do to you. Really? You know, it's like, okay, little Tommy and little Joe, now put your hands on this thing here, and you can start making it move around, or it will move around for you. Uh, I, I just can't picture kids playing with a Ouija board. I really can't. It's one. It's a very disgusting thing to bring into the house, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, I could course, never... You know, a lot of people swear by them, and, you know, they, they, they like them, and, you know, more power to them. I... Towards the end, before I started, uh, before I quit using the Ouija board, I almost felt like I was beginning to get really close to being taken over by whatever spirit was inside that board. And it it's almost scared me because it was just too easy. You know, whenever you put your hand on that thing, this thing starts moving around as fast as it was. It was just too easy for me. And I think one reason for that is because I, I am a medium. And by me being a medium, it just, it, it, I was able to uh, do what it wanted me to do with that thing. And my sister, I think she had probably has abilities too. It probably runs in the family. But uh, yeah, we were able to move that thing around. It was like grease lightning there. You know, I could never figure out, Alan, you know, I I would sit there and watch my wife at the time with her group of friends, right? And they would be either at the kitchen table or at the coffee table, and the thing would start going off the ground. And, I, you know, I'm sitting there looking at it, and, you know, all they're doing is, you know, putting their hands on the table. They're not grabbing from underneath. And all of a sudden, it's yeah. it's wobbling in the air like two, three inches off the ground, and I, I that was yeah. what really would scare me so much. That's what I was doing with us. At that point, you know, you're getting pretty close to being possessed by that thing, whatever it is in there. And I don't think you'd want to be possessed by that spirit. Well, uh, no. I mean, if you want demons, I, there it is. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, our time oh. our time is winding down. Why don't you tell people uh, uh, the books you have and where they can find them? Okay, uh, I have uh, seven books out right now. Well, go ahead. I have and let's an talk. Book that's written, almost uh, published. Um, uh, they're all good. They're all true. Uh, Through the veil and back's my first one. At the edge of eternity is my second one. Um, Roads Less Traveled is my third one. 
My fourth one is My Destination for the Truth. Uh, the fifth one is The Waves of Time. Uh, my sixth one is that You're on the Air, where I was on my radio stations. And the uh, seventh one is The uh, Ghost Stories Among Friends. Uh, they're all good books, and you can get them at Amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Wright Allen. And it will take you right to where all my books are at, and you can buy them there. And uh, they're all great books. Anyway, get them all. <laughs> now, do you, ha- do you have a website or a Facebook page you want to give out or anything? Uh, I have a Facebook page uh, for the life of me. I can't think of it, though. Just run <laughs> a search for Alan Wright. And uh, you can even Google me, Alan Wright, and it comes up in Google. And you can find me uh, probably a link there to my Facebook page in, in Google. Um, uh, also, Instagram. Huh? Oh, yeah. I have uh, My website is uh, K O A. L A W E D G I T Koala Widget dot Simple Site S I M P L E S I T E dot com. And that's my webpage. And it has pictures of my books. It's got some of my history, my bio, and uh, stuff like that. You can go on there. Well, hey. anyway. Alan, I want to thank you for serving the country and, uh, you know, and the armed forces. And, yeah. you know, again, I want to thank you for coming on Night Dreams Talk Radio and, you know, also giving the reading out to David here tonight. That's that's fine. I hope David uh, feels better now. Uh, his grandfather, I know, loves him. So I hope everything is all right with David. But anyway, yeah, I, I was do, happy I, to do it. I got a text message on one of the computers on one from the, one of the other apps, and he just said you were 100% on, on everything. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, that was his grandfather. <laughs> his grandfather was telling me what to say. So, <laughs> Well, Alan, again, I want to thank you for being on Night Dreams. Uh, keep in touch with me and let me know if you do any more books. Okay, I will. And thank you for having me on. I really enjoy your show, David. It's, it's, it's no BS. It's all straightforward, and I love it. Well, thank you, sir. You have a great evening, and better yet, have a great weekend, and hopefully you don't get any more snow. Yeah, really. Uh, it's supposed to snow tonight. <laughs> We're going to get some more. <laughs> well, anyway. You, you take care, you take my care. friend. Okay, bye. So, you know, uh, he did a very good job uh, doing the reading here tonight uh, on David. Uh, Boy, uh, what can I say? It was kind of interesting. You know, you got to check out his book, Ghost Stories Among Friends. That's where he had a whole bunch of people, you know, sent him ghost stories, and he compiled it into a book. He's a medium, uh, empath, and you know what he was talking about, like the world might come, you know, to the end here in the next uh, 20, 30 years. I don't know. The way I keep seeing things that uh, is going on, it, it, it alarms me. You know, I, I think we really need to can really sit down and, and try to come up with some ideas to try to slow this thing down. 
Antarctica, it, like I was mentioning at the beginning of the show, is like melting way faster. And it seems like it's speeding up every week. You hear more news about it. You know, that is so scary right there. You know, not so much raising the sea level four feet just from that area. But what it might do to the, uh, the the warming belt, it goes from the equator to, you know, up to uh, Europe, the UK and all that stuff. If that ceases to move or it chills down, it could very well throw Europe into a mini ice age or worse. That scares me. The other thing, the met, I don't want to scare people over the weekend, but the magnetic field is moving faster and faster uh, and it's, it seems like every year it's growing a lot faster. Are we ready for a pole shift? I don't know. That's kind of concerning here right now. Uh, disclosures about UFOs. If you on Facebook, which I am quite a bit, I, I keep seeing all these people putting up all this thing about, you know, government disclosures here, this, whatever. I don't know if the government's going to actually come out and other than say that, yes, maybe UFOs do exist. I don't think they're going to sit there and say, hey, we've been, you know, sharing technology with aliens or or trading humans uh, for uh, technology. I don't know if we'll ever say that. Uh, again, be careful what you read out there because there's so much fake disinformation coming out that uh, you gotta, when you read this stuff, you gotta really look at it over because, I mean, it is really scary uh, that uh, what is coming out. And there's people writing books really fast, trying to get on the bandwagon to make money on this, which really alarms me because if they were really caring about if they wanted to get the information out, why did they have to write a book? They should get on shows and, and divulge it all without having to write a book. But there's a lot of people out there right now writing books out there uh, thinking that this is going to be the year on disclosure. I don't know. But maybe the government might come out and say something because the way things are going, uh, you know, with China, Russia, the wall, uh, the uh, earth changes. It's so, so scary out there right now. <sighs> I don't know. I was reading a little article today about like some of these submarines we have that they carry all these missiles that each missile has three or uh, nuclear warheads that uh, the thing is like 80 percent, uh, 80 times more popular than or uh, uh, more powerful than what we dropped over in uh, Japan uh, during World War Two. And that is scary, too. I mean, like these are doomsday. I mean, you know, I don't know. I would think at this point we should be getting away from building weapons and, and stuff like that and think more about our people. I mean, you know, it's scary how many people are still living on the streets, how many people can't even pay their power bills, their, you know, children and the, the family are going hungry. But yet we can spend all this money in places that, I don't know. I don't know if that'll ever change. But I think it's time it, it really does. Again, I can see that we need to build up the security, okay, on the borders. We do, really do. The wall, that is that going to stop people from coming over? No, because they, they're really good and creative of making these tunnels. 
You know, again, I was reading here recently about they had one tunnel they found with air conditioning and lighting in it that you could drive a car through. We're going to Mexico into the United States. It's big enough where vehicles could go through. That, you know, how much drugs and how many people could be trafficked through those? And how many tunnels have not been found? So is a, a wall going to stop that? Yeah, it's going to stop the mom and pop and maybe some of the, of the bad people from getting into the country. But I, I don't think it's going to do what we're told it's going to do. Maybe it's smoking guns to keep our minds off of, well, UFOs and aliens. I don't know. But I really concerns me of what happened here where I, I'm at in Gig Harbor, Washington. We lost our power last week, I don't know, five, six times. And then we lost our internet and we lost a lot of other things. And it took days and days just to even get the internet back up. Now think about if we got hit with a major solar flare. How long do you realistically think it's going to take to get the grid back up? It's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be four or five days. It's not going to be a year. We simply just don't have enough transformers and the the uh, gear to put it back up it'll take a while and long before that happens i hate to say it i remember mad max movies the scenario what is going to happen okay i can tell you what happened here when we had the snowstorm hit the day it hit all the major grocery stores were sold out of meat they were sold out of milk they were sold out of potato chips and uh, soda and there was no bread, no lunch meat. You know, the store's shelves, and we're talking big stores, were pretty much empty. And one day, one day, people. Now, what's that mean if we got hit with a solar flare? I mean, you know, how, how you're looking at the grocery stores, they say, that, you know, the government's, oh, about three days worth of supplies of food in the grocery store. There, I don't think there is even one or two days supply of food in a grocery store unless you want to eat sardines. And I guess that's better than nothing, isn't it? But what are you going to do about gas? Where are you going to get gas at? Because you know what? They won't be able to pump it. Your car isn't going to run. So you know what? For $3.5 billion, they can well do a fix on our grid system if we got hit by not maybe a huge uh, major uh, solar storm, storm but if we got hit by one guess what it won't take out the grid system for 3.5 billion dollars why are we building aircraft carriers why are we wanting 5.6 billion dollars for a wall when we you know I, I i again i'm not against the wall but we need to get our priorities uh in line what is wrong with people the first thing I'd be thinking about is getting our grid system fixed. Because you know what? If you're scared about all these bad, bad, bad people coming in from, you know, the border. Well, you know what? If our grid systems go down, you're going to find out how many bad, bad, bad people they are in your neighborhood, in your town, in your county, in the United States. So we need to get that fixed. Well, anyway, next week we got a lot of great guests on. Again, I'm sorry about being off, but it was no way I could get back on the air with no internet or no satellite. Oh, God, I feel so good to get behind the microphone. 
I miss all you guys. You're like friends to me. You're like family. So next week, we're going to be talking more about, uh, well, horror movies. We're going to be talking about UFOs and aliens. And we're going to be talking about a lot of paranormal stuff. So I'm going to jump out of here tomorrow. Make sure you listen to all the different shows on Night Dreams Talk Radio. Again, on Sunday, make sure you listen between 11 o'clock now to 2 o'clock in the morning. Eric Cooper, S4 Radio. You want to make sure you tune into that. It's a paranormal roundtable. It's really a great show. Well, everybody, have a great weekend, and I'm out of here. You are listening to Night Dreams Talk Radio Network from our compound to you worldwide with your host, Gary Anderson. The views, opinions, and representations expressed on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network and its website are those of the hosts, guests, and participants and are not necessarily those of or endorsed by the network, its affiliated stations and broadcasts, the management, other hosts, or advertisers of the network. The shows found on the Night Dreams Talk Radio Network can, but do not necessarily, promote any particular lifestyle, belief, religion, political affiliation, or other personal practice. These shows are for entertainment purposes only, and are not intended to treat, diagnose, and or claim any cure of disease or condition, or give any medical or legal advice. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.